it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you, I find it hard to take. When people run in circles, it's a very, very Never true. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so with that, hi, and welcome back to the Hype with me, Brian and John. Hello. Uh, that wasn't the worst I've ever done. No, it wasn't a... the best either, so we still have work to do. <laughs> That's true. Uh, this week, we are joined again by Ryan. Uh, what's my new title? Uh, almost Always Ryan. Almost Always Ryan. Yeah, yeah I like that. Uh, and then we have Almost Always Chewy. Hi. Uh, and then we have Sam back. Hello. And then Paul back for the first time since the Avengers. Wow. Yeah, it's been a really long time. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's, that's just so, so great for me later when we're cutting this. I'm sorry, Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> just trying to bring, make your audience. Guys, I really like it. I like being here, guys. Stop so trying fun. to NPR it. I'm, I'm really excited to be here today to talk about this film. Uh, this no, film okay, so best. we're going to start with where have you been doing? Uh, I will go first. Uh, I have gotten back into Destiny. Oh, boy. Yeah. Ooh. I, uh, I saw the deal on GameStop where if I brought in my game, I get all the DLC for 40 bucks. And the game again, and I was like, ah, fuck it. I want to try this. Like, everything I've been hearing about the Taken King says it's basically, it's made the game what it should have been a fucking year ago when it came out. Yep, it gave it a story. So you and bought from it from what I heard. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> well done. I have, I've essentially bought it twice, but I, I did buy, I basically bought all the DLC for way less than I was supposed to have paid for it, which it, I'm sort of fine with. Interestingly, that's kind of the only way you can get that. You can't actually, right now, as far as I know, buy Taken King by itself. At least on a download or a digital format. No, and it's kind of weird because you can play it by itself. You don't have to play the other two DLC to play it. Because like, that's what I thought I was going to get into. Is like, I guess I have to play these other two, which suck, by the yeah. way. Um, Ooh, I, here's a raid. Oh. And that's really... like I finished both of them in three hours, four hours? Yeah. Yeah, it was, and they were definitely not worth it, and they weren't that good. So now I'm going to actually start The Taken King, and I'm excited about it. Because as I've been playing again, I'm like, oh yeah, this is a really well-made game. It just had no story and was kind of worthless. Well, and that's the thing that I kind of forgot until I came back into it was yeah. that like the mechanics are really solid, really solid, really solid. Like they, it's a fun game to play. Absolutely. But there's just no reason to do anything that you're doing. Like yeah. here, get some silver right or whatever. Why? Yeah. Well, <laughs> because you don't to, yeah, you don't have to do any of that shit anymore. And I, I like that the leveling system is now just leveling, which is, and and the whole light thing makes more sense now. Yeah. It's, it's more of accumulation of all your gear slash your level. Yeah, it before actually, it was like once you get to level twenty, here's this stupid light thing that you have to get a random loot to boost up. Yeah, no, it, it actually it all makes sense now. It all works, and I, I'm much happier with the game. <laughs> uh, but that's it for me. Hooray for second chances! <laughs> well, Paul, now that you spoke, you can go next. About what? Where have you been doing? Where have I been doing? Yeah. Well, actually, I've gotten because I have a 3DS. I've been uh, grabbing the uh, the old school Zelda games. Nice. And so I've been playing uh, Majora's Mask right now. Just Ooh. going through the entire thing. It's a lot of fun. It's a really good game. Oh my god, I forgot how good it was. Yeah. That's the so, first game I'm ever obsessed over. It's like, I need to get every fucking mask. Yeah. So like I'll play it, and then I go through the walkthrough, make sure I get everything, and go back again. And I've never done that before, and I'm like, wow, I'm really darkening out over this game. Usually don't do that. Usually I just like, fuck it, I'm going to play, and keep going. And when I finish, I'm finished, I'm done. But this one, I'm like, yep, no, I'm going to get everything. Yep. It's a good finish game. it. That's it for me, I think. Okay. Oh, I've got one that's thematically appropriate for today's uh, content. We saw Aliens this week starring Bill Paxton. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. First time? Um, no, but first time okay. in the theater. It was Big really screen. awesome. Oh, wow. it was, Where was it playing? It was at the Arclight in Culver City. Oh, okay. Oh. It was amazing. And Culver I actually, cool I embarrassed myself a little bit because I still screamed when one of the aliens <laughs> jumped out. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a great movie, but it was so cool seeing it on the big screen and you realize like what a loss we suffered when James Horner died this year. Yeah. I mean, just cause that movie is so eerie and wonderful and mm -hmm. it's so great. And minimal. And mi yeah, completely so minimal. minimal. So I'm a total noob. Which one is James Horner? He's the, he the composed composer. music oh, for, all of, James, yeah, yeah, for yeah. all of James, yeah, for all of James He was also one of the eggs. Wow. He's like a multitasker. Recently? Yeah, he died. He crashed. I don't even, I didn't see how or why, but it was he, a private It was plane. his Not private plane, and this was like five months ago. I think it happened when it was happened when I was in Tennessee. Wow. No, I didn't hear. Uh, clearly, because I didn't know who he was. 
Um, I'll go next. Uh, I've been, uh, for the last two weeks, watching the the new Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Anyone else been watching that at all? Oh, I haven't. Is it streaming anywhere? It's Uh, not. Really? It's not on the website? No, No, and I'm really... Well, you can catch the last night's episode on the website, and it's been a lot of... Only one episode, though? Yeah. Come on, Hulu, get on that. Yeah. But uh, Colbert's been pretty good. I mean, I think he needs to work out some kinks. I really think he needs to get an announcer, and they need to nail down their format. And he, I don't think he has like the the banter with his band leader like uh, uh, all the other. There's always growing pains. Have. Yeah, yeah. Who's his band leader? James Corden, who had no growing pains and just snapped to it like he's been doing it his whole life because he's awesome. His John, uh, his band he leader is biased. John Baptiste. Uh, I think he's a a squeak. He's a, a famous <laughs> uh, like a, a instrumentalist, I would say. Okay. In the jazz genre, I believe. Uh, ooh, jazzy. All right, I'll go next. Um, so it's part of like free games uh, with gold. It was either free games with gold or really cheap or a really deal. I got uh, Terraria mm. uh, for Xbox. It's basically one of those Minecraft type clones where they give you more than just building as a mechanic. There's enemies to fight and also bosses to fight. Um, and so it randomly generates the world and it's all like 2D. So it's all very 2D, kind of sprite-based, very pixelated. And it's not that bad of a game. Um, I usually play those for a little bit and then kind of stop, as with like Minecraft and all those ones where there's no point <laughs> to the game. I never even start them. But it, has a, it does things a little bit differently. It has like a, a, a guy who kind of visits your house after you build it as like a quest giver or a help. Like kind of the, a tutorial guy who just shows up and kind of tells you how to do things, which is kind of a neat approach to it. Sort of like, how do I use this weird menu system and he explains it and kind of on a rotating list of things he'll tell you how he how to do so that's cool well being in my unemployment state that means i get to do my marathon state and i recently did a day where i just watched all of the last season of doctor who because doctor who starts this saturday Mm. slash today i'm sorry (laughs) did that season yeah it was bad it was actually just marathoning it it it's not as bad. Like, I remember when we were doing it episode by episode when it was first starting in the first three, and we were really annoyed. But mm-hmm. watching them all together, I'm enjoying it a lot more. Now, here's the question. Are you just sitting there watching it, or are you doing other stuff while you're watching it? Doing other stuff while I'm watching it. So you're it. able to ignore it when it's crap. Uh-huh. I guess so. So you get a lot of other stuff done while watching Doctor Who. So you would say that Doctor <laughs> Who is your most productive work time. You can think about better versions of Peter Capaldi, which I often do. <laughs> like well, him getting Pompeii out of the TARDIS and going, fuckity yes. fuck, fuck. I think he's really fine. I thought die. he was finding himself as the Doctor. That should be and how it ends every episode. He just gets in the I TARDIS, fuckity bye. <laughs> <laughs> the new companions should be Zach Woods from In the Loop. <laughs> I think he'll be better once he gets a new companion because Heather. <clears throat> I feel bad for Clara at this point. Like the, when they, yeah. her first season yeah. was such a disappointment. How much they built her up, and then you're like, oh, that's it. Uh, and now it's just kind of like, well, she's nice, but she's not enthralling. So hopefully. The actress is better than the character. Absolutely. Totally. So I really feel bad for her, but she's leaving now, so she's going to go on to better things. To play um, a queen. Yep. And I, s- I think things. Peter Capaldi's probably going to be pretty awesome this season. I, I really hope, so. hope that he's finding himself as a doctor. And and as Maisie Williams this season, which is awesome. Yeah. Is, you think um, she's going to be the companion? I think she's too busy, right? I don't think she's going to be the companion. I don't think she's going to be the full-time companion, because she's yeah. in the season with Clara, so I think yeah. that she's going to be kind of like a... Well, Clara's leaving at some point in the season. Yeah. I, I yeah, I don't think... They think either the middle or the end. Yeah, the yeah I don't. I don't think it's the right way. But Maisie Williams is supposed to be in it pretty quick, from what oh, I okay. understand. So yeah. I think that she'll probably be almost like a Rory. Yeah, right. she'll show oh, up every now and then. Rory, I miss you. Um, poor Rory, who always dies. But he's going to be in the <laughs> new the Kenny DC of the show. Series, so. that'd be great. Oh, yeah. But he won't be Rory. I'll just say. <laughs> I haven't actually finished the season yet. I still have half of the last episode. Once we found out who that girl in the hat was, I fucking loved her character immediately. Yeah, that was cool. I can't say who she is because Brian hasn't finished it yet, and I want to ruin the surprise. He kind of did. I was really excited. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so moving on to today's <clears throat> movie, which is Nightcrawler. One word. Ooh, one word. Yeah, not from the X Men and not the worm on the ground. What about from It's Always Sunny, where uh, Charlie and Dennis or uh, Charlie and Frank crawl around in the dark, <laughs> playing nightcrawlers? <laughs> playing nightcrawlers. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie came out last year on Halloween, which I think is kind of funny because um, it's not a Halloween movie at all. Well, Although, but it actually is. It's a natural, <laughs> real life monster. 
it's not a Halloween movie. Uh, just because it has a creepy character does not make it like a Halloween movie. Whatever. Right. Uh, all right. So it cost a whopping eight point five million to make. It made thirty eight million, which I think is pretty pretty good. Thirty million dollars over budget. I smell the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crawler two, crawl again. Day crawl nighter, crawl harder. <laughs> uh, the review for today is absolute garbage. I would apologize, but I have to read it because it's just so fucking bad. Um, it comes from Marek on Metacritic. Oh, you found my review. <laughs> uh, this was written on March 5th of 2015. Uh, I'm just disappointed with this film. I think that is a much better made and more interesting than Asterix for about a paragraph. Huh? <laughs> okay. And then three out of ten. Because the website censors the... Nope. He just... It does not censor anything. You have to choose to write that. Read that sentence again. We need need that reread. Really confused. For the sake of our audience. I think that is a much better made and more interesting asterisk. I think he was drunk when he wrote that. (laughs) He was having such a fit, he passed out. Maybe he died while he was writing it. (laughs) Well, when you get really I'm just disappointed. There's a certain Much level of anger you get to where you can't type coherently. Yeah. He yeah. fell into the shift key and yeah. the eight and then rolled over onto the enter key. Yeah. It's really all totally that I can assume possible. happened. I yeah. kind of wish that after the asterisks, he just wrote blam, blam, grammar. <laughs> <laughs> that was the review after it. Was this blam, review helpful? You. Blam, blam, grammar. Uh, zero out of zero reviews just found that review helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Uh, if I could log in, I would say that I found it helpful just to give him one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going to get Let's, one. Let's, as a joke, make that the most helpful review. Yeah, of the <laughs> just movie. get everyone I know to say, this yeah. was helpful. Go asterisks. <laughs> um, well, that wasn't far off from what I thought about the movie. It was the asterisks? Yeah. Well, well, maybe six I'm just them. kind of like guessing what he meant by the asterisks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We need to do the breakdown. Uh, and Paul here gets the honors. Ha. Huh? Yep. What? What? See, this is what you get for never listening to a podcast. All right, so, Paul, you have 30 seconds to break down the entire this movie, or I'm going to make fun of you or insult you or whatever I can think of on the spot because I don't have anything prepared. Okay. Ready? Go. All right. So we have the main character who is a, maybe a sociopath and also might be on the spectrum who decides to get into filming um, accidents and... Wow. Nailed it. <laughs> I nailed it. You um, 10 seconds I got to 10 try seconds. to bring this around. Yeah, I know. I got nothing. Other than more than a character description. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just like drawing a blank right now because I'm not used to doing this. Yeah. Yeah. You should have had somebody else do this today. Well, <laughs> you failed. <laughs> wow. Um, Man. It, all right, Brian. You want me to try that again? You're on the spot, Brian. It's been about three weeks since you've had to come up with a good insult. I know. Uh, <clears throat> no, you can't try it again. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with... Um, you can make fun of his nipples. You can make fun of my nipples. I don't want to make fun of your nipples. Or my sweat patch that I got going on right now. I'm gonna go with your nipples make your sweat patch look like sad tears. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll help you with that one at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of assistance on the insult and with for that, you. The podcast is, is over. Brian wins. <laughs> but that would be the weirdest, creepiest superpower. Like I cry through my nipples. <laughs> That's not a superpower. This is an inconvenience. Yeah, if that was your mutation. Like I'm, like, a, I'm how a really sensitive guy. Stop it. <laughs> Um, so, so my breakdown of this movie is Dan Gilroy, the director-writer, started writing a movie. He had a really cool idea for a character, which Paul remembered pretty well. And then about <laughs> halfway through, he forgot that he was writing a movie. Really? See, I, I don't see that at all. I feel like he almost made it too precise. Uh-huh. Like, I actually wanted him to meander a little bit more. Um, I'm going to do a quick pause here really quick, because I realized that with Paul's wonderful breakdown. If anyone hasn't seen the movie, they might be very lost with where we're going. So we might want to give it the, the shortest little... This is what happened. Because as we're talking, I'm like, wow, this really doesn't make any sense if you haven't seen this movie at all. I can do a really fast rundown. Really fast? Yes. Okay. Jake Gyllenhaal is a con man who needs a job. He finds out that he can videotape people in disasters because he watched Bill Paxton do it. And then he takes the footage into Rene Russo into a TV station, and he starts getting paid for it. And then he gets really good at it. He develops a relationship with her, cons her into sex... 
She's not happy about it, but she keeps really getting good footage for her TV show, which is going to save her job. So then it works for both of them, kind of, even though it's really creepy. And then we see him actually commit some crimes, but that he can weasel his way out of, and he sets up a bunch of cops to die and videotapes it, and gets his partner killed, and then he hires some more quote-unquote interns because he doesn't actually want to pay anybody and gets some buses, and that's when the movie ends. Okay, that works. Cool. Did it. Well, let's let's start at more of a, a easier place, and let's just start with Jake Gyllenhaal. I think that'll probably be the easiest place to kind of like actually start breaking this thing down a little bit because I, I want to start with something because I agree with Ryan to a point where I, as much as I love this movie, I also mm-hmm. think it's horribly flawed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I kind of go every other one. So I think the best thing in the movie is Jake Gyllenhaal's character, um, Lou. Um, Bloom. Bloom. Lou yep. Blue or Louis Bloom. Um, Depends Lou on Blue. who he's talking to, which I love about it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that, I don't know, for my buck, I think he was probably one of the best performances of last year. And it's still kind of annoying me that he got like zero recognition he for and it. Renee really? So both. Oh, it's, yeah. an, it's obnoxious. They were great. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. They got like nothing. It was like the best sh- performance of his career. Yeah. yeah. They both yeah. got shafted. I would like, just say he captured everything that if like I was in a room with that man. I would not want to be there. Yeah. Like he had everything that I that makes me uncomfortable about a person. He did give me serious he looked, anxiety. As he I'm looked consistently him. greasy. He looked a little little too thin. Like he just looked sunken in his cheeks, <laughs> and he had that smile that just is so like fake. Of like yeah, this is yeah. just a, like his smile is a mask. It felt like it was a mask that he would put on. And the way he dressed, his posture, everything just leached creep to me. Yeah. Like, I would never want to be near him. And then going into his apartment, and you see, like, the childish bed sheets, and oh, you yeah. realize no one's ever been here. Right. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. very strange. Yeah, I think the first person I've ever visited was the police. Plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, the thing that I really liked about him is if anyone has ever worked in, like, the TV industry, you've mm-hmm. met him. Yeah, Absolutely. and I avoid them. Yeah, oh yeah, they're horribly creepy when you meet them. But they're just... everywhere, and they're super nice. Yeah, Ugh. like some of the nicest people you'll meet while you just talk to them that one situation. They're it's super like... friendly. They're super like, oh, you did a great job today. Way yeah. to go. You should be proud of yourself. That's what I talked when I talked to people. Uh... When I talk to people that I hate, or talk to other people about people I hate in the industry, I just call it Hollywood nice. Like, oh yeah, uh, or yeah. The, but the... he's more than Hollywood nice. No, he's like socio. <laughs> Uh, pathically Hollywood nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they stepped it up. It is hyper, but those people exist. And those are the people that I do believe that if I got stabbed, they would view it as an opportunity for their cell phone, not like, not something to call the cops about. (laughs) I'm going to get so many great like hits on Vine with this. Yeah. (laughs) Luckily, I feel like I, maybe I've met very few people who I think would uh, film me instead of (laughs) call the police with their phone. But yeah, definitely it's, I think you nailed it on the head when you said it's this whole movie is a hyper real look at what every aspect of this is like from his character who is so cold and ruthless and cunning for his uh, like kind of nonsensical career that he's just made up for himself. Uh, Rene Russo's like desperation. Uh, we could talk about her in a second. Yeah. Desperation, but it's great. Well, well and I just like how it just ties like the movie is really from his point of view because at the mo- beginning oh, of the yeah. movie, it's very kind of wandering and aimless. Like you guys were saying, like the movie should have been more of. There's more of a wandering sense of who am I, what am I doing, and then he locks into it, and the movie becomes laser precise, and his character is just leads that. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. so interesting to see how like even even the way he subtly uh, so shows how he's absorbing the new information. You know, he's like he's his eyes are, do a lot of the work in this, and it could be easily over done over the top with any other actor, and here he's just watching, and it's very creepy. I, I, yeah. I, I'm not lying when I said I had serious anxieties watching him. Yeah. yeah because he's... he was ad- adapting like a robot might to something. <laughs> I mean, he would fit perfectly in Ex Machina. Right. Oh, yeah. They and... would have gone off together. <laughs> 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 well, it's things like, uh, like when he says he's a fast learner, he's not fucking around. No, no. no. Like, he needs to be told something one time and then he has it memorized. Well, that's because he has no emotions to complicate anything. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I do want to mention about him that we, I, we haven't touched on yet is I, he is one of the best character introductions I've seen in a very, very long time. Just the whole intro of him stealing the chain link fence and getting <laughs> caught and like, oh, I must be lost. And here the thing and just beats the shit out of that guy. Yeah. And steals his watch. Yeah. You know what you're in for. From the yeah. From the very beginning. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this guy's a horrible person. And this is this is who I'm going to be, quote unquote, rooting for, I guess, this entire film. What's terrifying is there's a moment when he's talking to that guy where you buy what he's selling. Yeah. yeah. Just for it's a second. So, it's so terrifying because you realize how good he is. It, yeah. It, almost it, almost every time film. he starts talking, yeah. 
what, like there's like a few seconds at the start where he's saying something so well and so eloquent, and you're like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's also the smile, mm-hmm. like just. Like, I can't get over how creepy his smile is. <laughs> like, it's the type of thing that works on a lot of people where if you smile, they immediately trust you more. Mm-hmm. But, like, a lot of times when I see people force those type of smiles, I immediately go, just, you're hiding something. Yeah. <laughs> a gun, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that they, they did a good job with this movie, especially with his character, where you you have that little bit of trust, not trust the entire time until the end of the film when the characters stop trusting him, you as your, you as the viewer will probably stop trusting him as well. Like, even when they're like, no, I don't trust a fucking thing you say. And I just, I love that he's, the only thing he gets disappointed by in that is like, do you have any idea? I've never sworn to a single employer. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that dynamic was great. Yeah. Uh, the moment he interviewed him, I was just like, he's going to die. <laughs> yeah at Dinah's fried yeah. chicken but that's it. I didn't really know with this movie because I didn't know if this is the type of movie where people were going to be like killed or not like so oh, really I knew immediately I, like I, I saw Jake Gyllenhaal five minutes on screen and I'm like he's going to murder someone oh yeah like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I was I kept wondering is he going to murder someone or is he just going to get someone murdered and right. well he gets a lot of people murdered it's so murdered. interesting yeah. when yeah. you see someone that's like small like that though the journey isn't are they going to kill someone? It's how does he get there? Because yeah. he's so yeah. small and weak and wormy. Yeah. Like, how do you go from a worm to a full-blown anaconda just squeezing <laughs> the life out of everything around you? Yeah. I read he lost 20 pounds for this role, and he was not at yeah. all. He didn't have you 20 pounds to lose. Cheeks. No. Yeah. yeah. He just, he looked creepy yeah. the whole time. He did time. a great job. His um, shirts were always just a little baggy and a little pulled up in the top. Uh-huh. I don't know if that was a thing on purpose or that just naturally happened. I don't know. But I also liked whenever he went to the, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but whenever he went to the, the news station, he was always wearing white. That sounds right. I think so. And I like that because it kind of gives him like that really like clean, like. I don't think I noticed that, but it, it's probably a lot of like cool little subtle hints in the movie oh, yeah. about that. Well, I mean, uh, Jake Sullenhall also is one of the producers in the film, so like he definitely mm-hmm. put a lot into this movie, and I like that. Like when people are that into like what they're doing, you get those little touches that really kind of make it feel more like a living world. And this one, they did a really good job with, or he did a really good job with. Mm-hmm. One of the w- odd things in the movie that I really like, I don't know how to interpret it. Like I knew how to interpret the fact that his TV was just the center of his entire apartment. Like, it was the only real thing in his apartment other than the bed that you kind of saw. But the next to it was his, uh, was it a lilac or whatnot? That he, you would just get, there's like at least three close-ups of him watering it. There's more than that. There's more than that? Like, and I'm not sure what that was supposed to signify. If that's like the only thing that he can nurture is this plant. Is that, like, I'm not, because hmm. that was really specific that they made sure we saw him water his plant. Or is that just part of, like, his methodicalness that this is something that he does i, I wasn't maybe sure maybe it was a shout out to leon the professional another cold-hearted <laughs> ruthless killer yeah i can take care of this lilac but everything mm-hmm. else is, is fucked Could yeah. be. the only thing that i know of the only thing the movie ever calls attention to it is when he's lying to the police oh yeah well he about, mentions water yeah, he mentions plant. he's like i was watering my plant and there's the car out there with the two guys mm-hmm. in it and like that's the only time they ever even call attention really like other than showing other than showing it, it. and yeah. i see i think what it boils down to is everything he did served a purpose if he was called out on something. Like, I was watering my plant. He had a, a specific thing he could call to really fast. He seemed to be like that type of personality. Like, he did weird things or specific things that so when questioned on something else, well, I was doing this, and then this came. Like, it gave him such a perfect alibi in every circumstance. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it gave him a quick alibi, something he could quickly jump to. And he's so good at bullshitting that he always had those things locked and loaded, and they're semi-believable. Enough to where you can't really poke holes in it. You yeah. can when you walk away and go, wait, what the fuck? But... Like, you'd, you'd really have to be following him day-to-day to find the holes in his story. Yeah. Because even with the footage he took, he edited it the moment after. Mm-hmm. So, like, the timestamps were always good. Like, he, it was... Everything was so specific, and I really liked that about this. And especially his performance. More yeah. so than maybe the rest of the movie, but I really liked that about it. Yeah. He was a machine. Um, but let's move into something else here. Like, let's try to go somewhat a little bit more negative on this. And Ryan, I think, is the biggest... Hater Fighter of this movie. <laughs> Hater is going to hate. Yeah. So where would you want to go? What uh, didn't you like about the movie? Uh, I mean, I just didn't really follow. I, I, I feel like the, the pace was weird. It was like a collection of scenes to me. Okay. Uh, from the beginning, I'm like, okay, how is this guy? What, what would you say? Is it 30s? Uh, probably Mid-30s. around 35. Yeah. Why doesn't he have a job? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's cold and calculated his entire life up to this point, And yet he's like, hmm. 
I'm going to steal some junk. And uh, hey, you want to hire me? Uh, you know, where did he come from? I just And where does he go? I mean, I can't. we kind of know where he goes. but that He just a, creeped everybody out in all these other jobs until you, he found <laughs> something he could do independently. Yeah, you think he just like went from uh, fast food restaurant to fast food restaurant, working his way up to manager immediately, and then like losing his job six months later until he's like, I'm going to freelance. Or the plants, his mother. <laughs> yeah. He's actually a pod person. That's where he came from. That's why he has to water it every day, every hour. <laughs> I think he was grift. I mean, he was obviously a grifter. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. for me it was, I don't think he had, I think what we watched is him developing purpose, not to reference Hannibal again, because I feel like that's all I do when I'm on here, but it was. <laughs> I'm it, okay with that, was, by the way. It was his becoming. Yeah. Sure. He didn't, he, the whole point of that first scene or those first couple of scenes was how aimless he was and how he was kind of absorbing the world, but didn't know his place in it. And once he found it, how quickly he shot to the top. And maybe that was the plant. Like maybe he took root. And that's what we were watching was this like pod seed of a human well, being taking I, root and I just don't buy that blooming into something. I mean, it's it's you know for and his to, character, and to be fair, it, yeah. it doesn't really do much to establish some basic like realism there, right? Yeah. Before before it gets hyper real, because that that makes sense when it gets hyper real, but it doesn't really ground it like you were saying. So I do agree there that it feels a little bit like oh he suddenly discovered his purpose. But what about that little bit at the beginning? Right. I think it, this movie is like is hyper real and it's not self aware. Does that make sense of it? Like yeah. uh, somebody who's watching this movie who doesn't work in any kind of news or TV might actually think Rene Russo's character is pretty spot on, realistic as a producer. Like, no way. Would <laughs> if if he if that dude uh, Lou walked into a real news studio and was like and pulled that shit, he would just be kicked out the door. Like, don't let the door yeah. hit your ass on the way out. Oh, yeah, especially when he, like, that whole sequence where he tells her, like, this is what I want. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, That's yeah, not yeah. how this works. Yeah, no, no way. Well, it was uh, always supposed to, f- they always kept trying to feature how he could take the power away from people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, like, the sex would never have factored into my review of it because it was never on screen and it was just another tool in his arsenal. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I think it's so fascinating. See, but that, is- to me, that was really important because he's taking every power away from her. Mm-hmm. He's taking away her personal power, her professional power, her sexual power, everything. He stripped her bear to she's a puppet to him i don't well, think here, that that's let's the use this case, to move though. into renee russo's character yeah. because yeah. i i agree with sam i don't think so she still had just as much power it's a game for her she's so washed up and i think she's had so many failures in her career that this is just as much of an opportunity for her as it is for him however weird and perverse that is because mm-hmm. there is Super a point perverse. there is a point in the movie where you see that she's said no to him and that he didn't always get what he wanted from her Mm-hmm. Oh, and they he, probably never have sex again. So I, I see. I think they will because I think that last scene in the movie oh, where she was turned on. I think the last <laughs> yeah. scene in the movie. I don't think she was. I think the last scene in the movie. She's going. I can use you just as much as you can yeah. use me. It's yeah. a it's a mutual thing. That's why I think she's probably the most feminist character we saw on screen last year because she's wow. she yeah. is she he she was him at one point and yeah. she made the wrong choice. She she tried to fit in. She tried to fall in line. She tried to become a company woman, and that's where it leads him. And she sees she's hitching her wagon to him as a second chance at like youth and a second opportunity. Yeah, she's definitely older than him in the film. Oh, totally. Oh. Well, she even calls it out at one yeah. point. She's like, "I'm twice your age," and he's like, "I like older women." Right. I know. That, that final scene between, <laughs> for me, that final scene like stood out so like particular between the two of them because it was such a romantic shot there's no romantic shots in this movie no. and then oh, that last so, scene between... i think the whole thing is so like woozy and beautiful los angeles like <laughs> if it's I like saw anti-romance this movie, almost you don't like this version of los angeles do you i ad- i love the way that they shot los angeles but no no yeah. but the question yeah. is do you like the idea of this like would you be okay with these people like is that romantic? I mean, like they, I want to see what you're saying. Exist. Romance doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. it's like a, a glorified kind of a heightened. Yeah. Yeah. Ro- like we're it's using the heightened rom- world. The heightened yeah. world, and it's very. L. A. is also very much a character in this movie, mm-hmm. and it's distinct, and I like. It. I like. I like this version of L. A. because it's so gritty and so dark. You mm-hmm. get. Like in like noir. I mean, I like seeing this version of LA. I don't, don't particularly like in living it. in it. Like, no, I, I would never, never want to be in this version of LA. I would never live in it, of course, but I like the way this. I mean, I kind of do with it where I work. And how oh. much of just a crazy character it is. It's so neat. It's a neat version of it. And mm-hmm. It was fun to watch the city itself be part of this just, just weird craziness. Yeah. I think we get a lot of. Uh, we get a lot of movies that are based in in like kind of a love letter to other cities and we get some that are a love letter to Hollywood but this is a love letter to Los Angeles 
Yeah. It's pretty cool. Is it a love letter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, just, I think it's a love letter. It's, it's a love letter. It's more of a love letter to the city than it is to the people See, in the city. Like, it really seems like a criticism. Creepy love letter. Like, this whole movie feels like a criticism to me of, like, this is what you want. This is, we're giving it to you. I mean, but you, this is I what think, you I think want. It's the criticism no. of it's just dirty. Maybe the, the, the news cycle, maybe they're criticizing that, but the city itself is always so well shot and looks so gritty and so character. Oh, yeah, the shots are really nice in the movie, but it's um, all a, a and view. Sort of like um, uh, Collateral, where like yeah. the, char- the city itself became <clears throat> such a character, the nightlife became such a character, mm-hmm. such a world. Like I like when uh, cities like that are portrayed this way, and LA doesn't have too many of those. No, it really yeah. has Collateral Drive and yeah. this. And Especially this, yeah. like Drive, yeah, because like like this, the way this movie is shot is just so amazing, and the, the locales that they use, <clears throat> sorry, are stuff you never see. Like yeah. I was just so blown away by the fact that they actually like looked for places that haven't been shot before, mm-hmm. and then still looked great on film. Oh yeah, and it like that so car crash on Van Nuys, like yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I know a taco place right next to there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a or, good taco place. When they were at yeah. Dinah's, and I saw the Culver City sign, I was like. <clears throat> I'm like blocks away from that. Yeah. <laughs> blocks away from and that. They, yeah. they didn't try to hide the dust or the dirt right. of LA, which this place is dusty as, as hell. Like you it's just can't desert, get away yeah. from it. Yeah. It's like and I just love the fact that they show that. Like yeah. this, even the even the the film grain shows how just dusty this place is. So, so maybe I guess uh, I just didn't care. Showcase would be a better word than love letter. <laughs> I was too yeah. Yeah, distracted by his character to care about that aspect. And now, was anybody else here? Was this their first time watching it? Me, yeah. Yeah, me. Yeah, okay. I so don't you, know why I raised my hand. But <laughs> for the listeners at home, three can of I, us are raising our hands. Can I, can I ask a question since your yeah. first time? What did you think yeah. of the, the, uh, the score of the soundtrack? Uh, it was uh, perfectly invisible to me. Really? Yeah. Okay. I liked it until the end. I didn't like the ending song. Yeah, the credit song was a little... Yeah, it was a little weird. That was a little weird. I, was, I talked over it because I was so mad that it ended there. <laughs> I, feel like was, I was not satisfied at all by the ending. I was actually blown away by the score. The score was great. Good. Yeah, yeah, the score was really score good. Was I don't understand why they ended it on that. I don't even know how to describe it. it like it was just a bad song. And, <laughs> I think yeah. there's a lot. They do a lot of techniques in this film to make the uh, audience uncomfortable that don't necessarily fit the story. If that makes sense. Yeah, but I think that's kind of the point. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I mean. And, yeah, and I think that purposely. Yeah. Well, and I think that could be even taken as a plus and a negative because the movie, with all its techniques, does a lot to make you feel anxious, uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and really just kind of drive in that anxiety into you. And well, you, you're either on board for that or you're not. And mm-hmm. I, even though I was like, cr- like curled in a corner, like ah, <laughs> throughout most of the movie, I still enjoyed it. Well, let's actually talk about some of that stuff here because we haven't really touched on any like those things that actually make people uncomfortable. Other than just saying that. Jake Gyllenhaal is a creep, mm-hmm. but like what he's doing throughout the whole movie is incredibly creepy, and we haven't really touched on anything that he's doing. Like the the one for me, I saw this with a friend of mine, Justin, who is hopefully a future guest at some point. Always says he wants to be on. We'll have him on at some point. Um, I saw it with him. Who he's a lawyer or going to be a lawyer soon, and he went, "Well, he didn't really break that many laws." And I'm like, really "So you bought into this fully?" Because because he fucking moved a body at a crime scene. He moved a body at a crime There's scene. Got to be a law against that. Yeah. <laughs> He Broke manipulated events to essentially get Kill a cop police. killed. Yeah. He broke into and a then crime he scene, yeah. broke into a crime scene. And then he <laughs> followed. He chased behind a cop car during a yeah. chase, which is intensely illegal. You're you're not supposed to do that. I mean, technically, only if you get caught. <laughs> All these. How they, how, how, he's definitely yeah, caught. How they when were able to put him in jail with that? <laughs> like that that didn't make any sense to me that they had footage of him chasing the cop car, chasing the other vehicle, and how that footage there didn't immediately get him jailed. Yeah. He's a white dude in L.A., and he shot a brown dude. He probably just claimed self-defense. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, that's how easy it would be. Also, he like, edited he the footage before anything. he got what? out of the car. Yeah. He, he killed his well, partner. Oh, he didn't, I'm sorry, he didn't shoot him at the end, but, like, he, he got, got his partner killed, yeah. and But even so, the very specific him. thing of him following a cop car during a chase, that moment, right, that is illegal. Yeah, that he should be in jail. Yeah. Him being a white guy, sure no, jail, that. but the, the people that would have witnessed it are dead, and he knows enough about video that he could take the dash cam. You know, I mean, like, it's even though they showed is. the cops watching the dash cam. I still, I still think he'd be able to warm his way out of it, yeah. especially like when you're doing yeah. something like news and TV news and that sort of stuff, and you're selling it. Like, it's there's a little bit of a gray area there that's bullshit, but there is a little bit of a gray area yeah. that he'd be able to warm his way out of it. I, I honestly, yeah. I, yeah, I wanted to see that though. So did I. Yeah, that's I kind of well, wish. Well, you that- saw him getting interrogated, and that's actually yeah. one of my. That's actually one of my favorite shots. Like I didn't actually get to break it down. The one between him and Rene Russo at the end. Mm. Uh, but stab. <laughs> but uh, the shot with him and the detective, where she's doing her power stance on mm-hmm. the table, that is so like, like, 
put together as a frame on the screen mm-hmm. with him sitting there smiling at her. She's doing the, the typical power stance, just lunging at him essentially. And he's completely unfazed. Yeah. And even though she's trying to get the power over him, she can't because of his stupid smile. He knew where the camera was and he was composing the shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is yeah, it, that's yeah. what was so, oh, I right. loved it yeah. so much. Well, that's it's an element just, that adds to the creepy for me. Yeah. 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 To me, that just totally illustrated how it's, he was such a frustrating person <laughs> because somehow, no matter how much you hated him or wanted to get up on him, you couldn't. Like, ugh. And the, and the way they framed the entire shot illustrated it so perfectly. This movie reminds me of Fincher back in the day when he was like good. When, when things, like when he when his movies were like dirty. When he was gritty awesome. and good. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah he's still of, good. Instead of like perfectly pristine, I feel like I'm in a medical chamber. Like I can smell the alcohol. Yeah, that last movie was rough. I really rough. Well, I actually don't think I saw his very oh, last Gone one. Uh, Gone Girl. I started it. I see our previous episode on Gone Girl uh, to uh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> see what the right opinion is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I want to call out, uh, going back to the whole kind of the elements that make it creepy, there's a scene where he's watching uh, some movie with, I think, Danny Kaye or something on it, and the guy gets, it's like, there's two jousting knights, they get their head lopped off, and he pokes his head out, everything's okay, and then Hall does this, they, they, they sit on the <laughs> scene for a moment, and he does this little laugh, like, a, a weirdly fake, genuine moment of just laughter, and then they cut away, and I was just like, that that was terrifying for me, just because it was so... Creepy. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better yeah. word, we keep going back to this word creepy, but the, the element plays off like you feel co- very uncomfortable it's after that It's the only scene. moment where you actually feel like he has an emotion. But then you wonder, is like... No, is, is he has an emotion He's programmed better. himself to... Like, this is funny on screen. I'm supposed to laugh at it. Therefore, I laugh at it. Like, it, it you can't tell. It blurs this line. and it's, yeah. right. So no, you don't I, even know if that was a real emotion? I got I don't the think whole movie. Every time way. he laughed, I felt like it was a calculated smile and laugh yeah. moment. Oh, yeah. It's like a social... But he was alone. He's a sociopath. He was alone, Absolutely. But, we're, but we're watching him. So like it, it pulls... There's a meta layer to it, too, because if it's all constructed, this is it's doing it for us, the audience, right? So it... Yeah. There's more layers to it. Or he's on the practicing. Film. Uh, that's what I'd say he's practicing. Yeah. It's very um like it's very taxi driver. Ugh. It's it's him in his version of a mirror. Mm-hmm. Like here's the cue. This is funny. I have to laugh. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um You know what else I thought was strange and kind of creepy is how much they didn't say and didn't show like the sex thing and then also um his intern was it, uh, he was illiterate, and they never say this explicitly, but you just see him struggling through the whole movie, and you realize how much he's taking advantage of this poor guy right. who oh, is, yeah. who's functionally illiterate and like can't catch a break, living on couches. Like this, this is a guy you actually feel for, and you just see him just steamrolling him and just squeezing oh. everything out of yeah. him. Oh, it's like the that's moment... the guy they got taken advantage of. Like poor Reese Ahmed's character is just yeah. oh, it was terrifying. The point where he for like the first time in his relationship with him where he opens negotiations and then he says just give me a number and he says $75 I was just like no no <laughs> yeah this is like a perfect I, uh, I feel like it yeah. was a he's uh, like a PA on set yeah. that wants approval and doesn't know his worth it's a yeah. perfect examination uh, of the film industry yeah oh, it's yeah. perfect in that one shot and then you're just like like I thought he was gonna ask for seven hundred and fifty, and then when he says seventy five, I'm just like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And <laughs> right. then you immediately see it where he, where Dylan Hall's character laughs, and then he's like, "Oh, I could have gotten more, couldn't I?" Yeah, you could have. Uh, absolutely but done. <laughs> <laughs> and then contrasted with Jake Gyllenhaal negotiating with Rene Russo, and he's like, one hundred thousand, you will pay me." <laughs> yeah. Total opposite. Well, it's total opposite, but I mean, at the same time. You feel like Jake Hall actually knows what he's doing. Uh, absolutely. Because yeah. he's just starting with the highest number possible and knows he'll never get paid it. Yeah. And like I like that moment where he says, like, if I give you my lowest number, you better believe I have a reason for it. Because I think in his yeah. twisted fucking head, he absolutely has a reason for it. And if you ask him for it, he could break it down like beat by beat while you owe him that amount of money. Something about uh, how how many seconds of his so. life he spent practicing his craft has calculated up to hundred thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Um, That's one of the things that, honestly, like, however much I hate his character, I have to admire him a little bit, because anyone who knows me knows that I don't like liars. And, like, specifically, like, it makes me really mad when you lie to me. And I feel like he would, he's actually one of the more honest people that I could think 
like I've seen in movies lately, however much he's a manipulator, he's also intensely honest. And that would probably make me hate him even more because I hate everything else about him, but I'd have to admire his honesty. <laughs> I think it, he's only honest when it serves the purpose. I think he'd lie to you as fast as he'd tell you the truth. I well, mean, he lied. He's, he's verbally honest, but his intentions are anything Yeah, that's why but... he's a master yeah. manipulator. Yeah. He's always telling the truth, but he's telling the truth in a way that serves him. Yeah. Uh, he twists the truth, like when he was telling about the uh, house that he went into to film. Yeah, well, yeah. He didn't tell the real story. Those were two specific laws that he had to do for self-preservation. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any difference for him. There is no difference between a truth and a lie for him. It's all the same. Kind of. Yeah, it's yeah. whatever gets him to yeah, the next level. It's all level. the same for him. There's he, no was always, he always seems intensely truthful with Rene Russo. <clears throat> because he didn't see a reason to lie. For him, like lying is calculated and being truthful is calculated. Yeah. Well, so if lying to Rene own. Russo would have gotten him to the point where he could have his own two vans and start doing everything, then he would have been lying the whole time. Yep. Right. I also it, think he believes everything he's saying. Like right. that laugh. Yeah. He, yeah. he believes this is like... Or, or at the beginning when he's telling this guy, oh, I was just looking for events. I think he legitimately believes that in that moment because he has to. Yeah. And I think in his mind, there's some version where this is played out and then he kills the man. Yeah. yeah. He's like one <laughs> of the only people who could like, like pass a lie detector test. Because the only way you can pass it is if you believe what you're lying. And yeah. he would totally buy into his own bullshit. But yeah. I, what, I don't know which part you're talking about. Because there are <laughs> several points in the movie where he told lies to, to get what he wanted and he knew he was lying. Yeah, but I think to actually, I think his execution of the lie is something he'd actually believe. He knows he's lying. Yeah. But I think it, it would not come off as honest as it was if he didn't believe his own bullshit. I gotcha. And I think it's just like he knows he's lying, but you have to do it in a way that you have to believe it, or they won't believe it. Yeah. And he uses language that corporate America uses. Yeah. In the in the middle management level. Yeah. He uses that language, those those coded phrases uh-huh. that mean nothing but like, like they potential they play very well to the uninitiated mm-hmm. they, they, potential they're easy on the ears and he knows that I can't remember yeah. the, the other words <laughs> creating a belief structure for the other person yeah, yeah. false encouragement essentially yeah. like yeah. that Tony false Robbins praise yeah. 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 yeah he sounds like a walking motivational speaker <laughs> he sounds like he went to like Barnes and Noble and got a book on <clears throat> moving up the ladder and read it cover to cover and, and memorized every it. word. Yeah. Which is effectively what he says. I mean, you can find anything, and he talks about how he's taken business classes right. and stuff online. He's been watching motivational speakers, and that's yeah. why he talks like one. Um, is there anything else we really got to hit on this thing that we've missed? I just have a question. <clears throat> if we put him and Dexter together, would Dexter want to kill him? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You think Dexter would put him on the list? It would drive the dark passenger really nutty, and he would just kill him. <laughs> well, no, it would, it would actually the fact that he's messing with crime scenes, he'd kill him for that. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. just because that's who Dexter's character was. He was like, yeah. it's like keep it. That being yeah. said, Hannibal would play with him for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Hannibal would play with him. I want him. a therapy that session with Hannibal Dex- and this guy. That would be amazing to watch. Because however <laughs> likable every they made Dexter in that show, like I feel like they're similar characters. Honestly, they're just different versions of it mm-hmm. i feel like dexter and hannibal are closer than uh lou yeah yeah one thing i like about lou is he's a character that we've seen similar before like taxi driver like i mentioned earlier yeah. like, like you've seen similar versions of this character even, before, um, but this he felt even to some extent american psycho yeah 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 exactly but this mm-hmm. it's kind of felt nice to kind of get like a refreshed version of it because it felt like something that i hadn't seen in a while and although i have so it's it still a very felt specific new. archetype now that i think about it where we yeah. do yeah. get versions of this every few years yeah and it's always kind of nice to see it when somebody pulls it off and jake Gyllenhaal really pulled it yeah off. i was actually thinking when i was watching this that he was a better uh i forget the character's name from american psycho but he played the um, character in bateman bateman patrick bateman patrick bateman yes. he played yeah. a patrick bateman or that was in yeah. the books better than Christian Bale played him on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Hmm. He'd be great. Let's do it. <laughs> Jake G, remake. We should just do like a triple movie feature where we Did watch Did you say Ameri- Mick G do a remake? Jake G. Oh. Jake G. <laughs> Come on with the remake. Want, I was like, you Jake want Mick G? We could go to the stage. We could do American Psycho, Nightcrawler, and then Drive. Because I also think the character in Drive is a similar version of this type of character but a way more like in my mind a romantic version mm-hmm. he's a bit more moral yeah a bit I love uh, how <laughs> I don't know if he's yeah. moral or just protective yeah. Blue Bloom yeah. has zero morals I love it yeah yeah um, alright so is there anything else we want to talk about in this thing before we start moving into quotes 
We didn't really talk about the the assistant guy very much, but we did mention him. Sam talked about him for a we bit. Talk about Rick. The moment he was on Rick, screen, yeah. I just said give a shout out Latin to Bill Paxton. Yeah, we didn't say anything about fucking Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton has tiny teeth and he's awesome, but he still got what was coming to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's been better in other stuff, it's but he was true. pretty good. Like, however, he's been better in other stuff, I but I like that he didn't play a Bill Paxton character in this one because usually yeah. when you see Bill Paxton, he plays like a Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah. chasing tornadoes or chasing aliens or. It's true. Chasing superheroes in S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. (laughs) It was a really, I want to say, it was a really odd moment when he was the last real scene we had with him and how we hate Jake, or Jake Gyllenhaal's character, but then when he's there on screen together, you hate Bill Paxton's character more. Which makes no sense because no, it's, it's a scummy profession. Yeah, full it's of scummy they're people. all terrible. Yeah. This movie does a great job of playing with like the audience's ideas of the characters because I definitely we didn't mention Rick, but he's like the most relatable to the audience. Yes. I love the whole time he's like, "What the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? But he's going Who the along fuck with are it. you?" He doesn't just quit at any moment. Oh, it's the perfect uh, example of an intern. <laughs> huh. Actually, there's one thing I want to bring up that we haven't brought up yet. The only thing that drove me nuts in the movie was actually the car he picks to purchase. Oh my god, I hated but that so much. I, I found out That's why an ego they moment. did. No, I found out why they did that. The, uh, the 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 two guys that he was the director was following and getting the story from. That's their car. So that's why they put it in the movie. Huh. But it still just drove me insane. I'm like, there's no way this character would buy this car. No, I agree all. with that. It That's... also made me really mad at the real life guys. Like, why the fuck would you have this? <laughs> yeah, like, for someone who's so cold and calculating, to get to 35 without a job or career or direction in your life is unbelievable. To pick a bright red Dodge Charger when you're right. trying to be sneaky is exactly. really unbelievable. And when you threaten to fire your intern because he dribbled a little bit of gas on it. That made uh, I believe I, that. I believe that. Yeah. No, I know. I totally <laughs> do. Yeah. It's just funny. Yeah. I just feel so bad for him. He's the only person in this movie that deserves our sympathy. Oh, uh, definitely. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, to go back to what you're saying about Taxi Driver, I actually agree with you. I think yeah. when I walking out, I was telling Sam when he first saw it, I'm like, this movie just I, blew me away because it just reminded me so much of Taxi Driver. Yeah. And that's why I wanted more of the meandering, really seeing see more of movie. L.A. I, somehow, I don't understand it. I got through film school without seeing Taxi Driver. I don't say you get through life without seeing Taxi yeah, Driver. It, <laughs> I haven't. I don't. It's really stupid of me. I know. So fucking good. It's so beautiful. I really hope I once I actually get to see it, I like it because I've heard so much about it my entire life. <laughs> Joey Foster. Aww. You're gonna have some problems with it. Yeah. I know you is will. it kind of dated after a while? No, it's not dated no. at all. It's just it's got some uh, some morally gray areas. <laughs> well, I know he's falling in love with a 12 year old. No, no, no. He doesn't fall in love with a 12 year old hooker. I thought no. that was a whole no. no, 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 no. That's the professional. You're thinking of the professional. Yeah. Wait, Natalie Portman's a hooker? No, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> she was in V for Vendetta, though, yeah, originally. She, <laughs> she is not in Taxi Driver. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been a while. Um, okay, so we'll move into quotes. <coughs> I'm going to go first, because Chewie already said my original, so I want to go with my backup. I hope your backup's not mine. Uh, it's the yeah. police officer scene. Nope, not mine. Awesome. I love it when the detectives come to his house. And uh, this just shows like both sides of him. He's both manipulating and calculated. Uh, they are, they're talking about him, the footage he took uh, the night before. And just as she's leaving, she says, I would like to see a copy of that footage. Or I'd like to get a copy of that footage. And he responds to her, do, do I have to give it to you? She goes, is there any reason you wouldn't? And he goes... Not at all. I made you a copy already. And he had it waiting for her. It was amazing. And it was like totally with the parts edited out and he, he was knew. prepared. That's uh, I like that turnaround in, in power. It's so again, it adds to that creepy factor. Yeah. It's like, oh well, damn. Like you're thrown off as a viewer. Yeah. And she'd definitely be thrown off as a cop. Yeah. yeah. She's like, Yeah, I got the power and oh fuck, you already had it waiting for you. <laughs> like, son of a bitch. Yeah. I really like I was joking about the sequel, but I would fucking love a whole movie about him doing it again with his new interns where she's like on his tail. I'd watch like trying to solve the crime. I'd absolutely watch that. Yep. Day crawler. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I don't uh, think the studio execs are listening to this podcast. For our listeners who aren't in the city, LA doesn't actually exist in the daytime. No, it doesn't. It disappears to just a plain old desert. No, you we just can't have... see it because the smog. It's still yeah. there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go next. Uh, mine comes from the scene with Bill Paxton where Bill Paxton offers him a job mm-hmm. um, oh, and man. really tries to hard sell him on it. And he keeps saying no, and he's being as polite as Lou can be. And then uh, to finally stamp when he's not taking no for an answer, I feel like grabbing you by your ears and screaming, I'm not fucking interested, but instead I'm going to go home and do some accounting. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He's like so 
perfectly controlled. It's sickening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I love that just hint of, I might not be in control at all. Like, you push me just one second too far, and I'm going to go fucking ape shit. And you yeah. believe it. It's not a Absolutely. Block. He says that two or three I'll, times in the movie in more, yeah. more or less words. It's pretty yeah. good. I'll do my quote, which was in the trailer, uh, and is very true to my feelings about this, um, where he's being interrogated by uh, the cop, and he said, if you see me, you're having the worst day of your life. That's, a, that's one of the classic lines from yeah. this film. It's and great. Yeah. Like, I told Brian while we were watching it that if this ever happens to me, like, if I get into an accident and I see a person get a fucking camera in my face, I will probably use every last <laughs> bit of my life to strangle them. Oh, yeah. Because I will be willing to die if they say she died with a dirt bag in her hands. The Bill Passon's best moment in this movie, and I hope it's not a, a quote because it's not a line, but is when he is on the stretcher and he sees Lou with the camera and those eyes. Right, <laughs> well, accusing him, he probably knew that he'd caused this to happen yeah. and now he's the subject. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, that's just, that would be such a fucked up feeling. Uh, uh, the, uh, the quote I'll go with is between uh, Nina and Lou when, I think when he's first starting, he's trying to pitch the first video to her and he's trying to figure out what... Uh, their premises as the news station and she goes uh well, he keeps saying bloody bloody and she's like well graphic the best and clearest way i can phrase it for you to capture the spirit of what we air is think of our newscast as a screaming woman running down the street with her throat cut and the way he says i understand that quick learning thing that creepy yeah. you get that he understands and like this is going to shape the rest of the movie yeah yep and it also solidifies that they're perfect for each other <laughs> i kind of oh, yeah. like that moment in that quote it's so loaded <laughs> oh, I'll go. So this is between him and Nina at the end of the movie when he's or when he's mad at her for not giving him the price that he wants. And he says, and the last thing that I want, Nina, is for you to do the things that I ask you to do when we're alone together in the apartment, not like the last time. <laughs> <laughs> that quote was great. It's another, it was like, it said everything that we didn't need to see oh, about yeah. their yeah. sex life. Right, plus her face too, though. She's just like disgusted by it. But yeah. She's yeah. still going to keep doing it because yeah. yeah. it gets her what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then my quote's actually from the from the pawn shop. I just love his little mm -hmm. monologue about the bike. It's so good. This is a custom racing bicycle, sir, designed for competitive road cycling. This bike has a lightweight space-age carbon frame and handlebars positioned to put the rider in a more aerodynamic posture. It also has micro shifters and 37 gears and weighs under six pounds. I won the Tour de Mexico on this bike. And I just love how it like plays off. He's just like, All he that. already knows this and much about this bike. Yeah. yeah, he just stole it. <laughs> and it's also that transition from like stealing shit to getting the camera to becoming who he actually becomes at the end. So that's... I just love that scene. It was so cute how he yeah. was just riding around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like back and forth. And the little touch where he pulls up his hair into a bit of when a, right man, before a man tail. Yeah, yeah right back, before he gets it. That people in that area, there's a lot of them. Yeah. I've worked a lot, like, around a lot of people who have that. <laughs> like everything about him is calculated, his, the way he wears his hair. Yeah. yeah. I also just wondered in that moment, when I, liked, I really enjoyed that moment too, actually. But I was, while I was watching, I was like, okay, did he research all this after he stole the bike? Or did he learn all this and then wait for someone with that bike to come along? Or did he make it all the fuck up? I yeah. actually yeah, think he was like, waiting for someone to come along who looked like they owned a bike, and that's the one he went for. Yeah. They owned you, that specific yeah, bike? Yeah, because if, if you look... No, who just owned a bike that looked like a bike that could be this Yeah, because the person who had that bike up. was wearing like full full gear. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was a biker. Yep. And that's why like he took that bike. That's how I always thought anyway. It was like... He was waiting to see the person who knew the most about it and then take it. And well, we see those people all over LA too. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna roll the Whole Foods in my uh, in my bike tights. Spandex yeah. Spandex yeah. Do you want to know how a big my package tights. is? Because it is nicely <laughs> cupped here for you to see. It's like we all know those are padded boo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they kind of have to be padded, no, otherwise well. you might damage yourself on the bike. <laughs> We move to the review system. Uh, <laughs> review system for today is going to be either very difficult or very easy, depending on. I think it will be easy, uh, well, and depending on if I try or not. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really always going to land. Uh, movies where the city is also a character. Okay. Mm, cool. I'm going to go first. Go for it. It came up to my head right away. Fargo. Nice. Very much a character of the movie, and having having been from there and born there, like Wait, it makes sense. The movie Fargo. But far. That movie, they're only in Fargo for the first five minutes. The movie the last set in Fargo, minutes. like around Fargo, that whole area. I mean, no, it's set in Brainerd. Well, that's which is really far from Fargo. So they named the movie wrong, <laughs> but the movie is still about Brainerd. <laughs> yeah, the, and it's a huge character in the movie. Yeah, he's the, right. The, the city is a huge character in that. Yeah, film. yeah. yeah. Maybe Brainerd as the character itself, okay. but like the movie Fargo has that character. Uh, e even when they're in Fargo, 
two for the price of one, two cities mm-hmm. that are pretty specific. They look close together, having been to both places. Okay. But yeah, I'm going to pick that just because, yeah, it's either Fargo or Brainerd itself where they set it. And even in Minneapolis, they, they have some uh, time in there, and that's pretty specific. Okay. Everyone next? I guess I will go with Gotham. Gotham? Gotham City? Gotham the movie? But which no, movie? Gotham, sorry, I was thinking the city. Uh, uh, I will go with uh, Dark Knight then, I guess, because Gotham is a huge character in the Batman universe. You really can't have Batman without Gotham. Yeah. They, they won't exist without each other. And that's pretty true with Nightcrawler, I'd assume, just because this, this type of sociopath exists but how he becomes who he is is he's a product of his city i'd say he's a product of the leechiness that they establish in the news community in los angeles and if it wasn't for that he probably would have ended up a security guard in a mall maybe (laughs) and then that's how we get observe and report <laughs> uh, I want, I want, that movie would be so different. <laughs> I, want, I want Lou Bloom's uh, uh, that movie. It'd be the same. But yeah, yeah, if Gotham wasn't the way it was, we would never have Batman. And if LA wasn't the way it is, we would never have this character. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah. You, you kind of stole mine, so I can't use it anymore. Uh-oh. You were gonna use Gotham. I was gonna use. No, I was gonna use a movie. Oh. Um, but I was gonna use Batman Returns. That Those was, are two radically different versions. Of they Gotham, are, though. but I don't want to use the same thing. I'm, right. I'm too Our audience much of a would, stick. would see do that you, as a do you cheat. Need time, I can go. Yeah, ahead. you can go next. Okay, so like, what we talked about earlier, but I'm going to go with the Leon or the professional actually, and it's more like a fantasy version of New York and the idea that you can just get lost and get away with whatever you want because it's so huge and so much going on. But I think they pull it off so well in that movie that you you believe that he's an illiterate hitman that can literally just like walk through the shadows during midday and never get caught. So that would be the reason why I picked that one. God, I love that movie. Yeah, mm. yeah, such a good movie. Yes, it is. Uh, I have mine. I had my backup. I just had to find the name of the town in the movie. I <laughs> um, so this is gonna be a bit of a stretch, but I think I can make it work. I'm going with Waiting for Guffman. Nice. Okay. Um, so many movies I haven't seen. You need to see Waiting for Guffman. Waiting for Guffman is a uh, it's a comedy, so it's very, 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 very different than this one. But a movie that is almost entirely about the town Blaine, like everything in the movie is all kind of about that town. And the town is, everyone is a product of Blaine. So kind of like how Lou is a product of Los Angeles and the Los Angeles system and how it's all about getting to the top. And about how if you can work the LA system, if you're willing to just give up your morals and be LA, you will fly through the ranks. And it's kind of the same thing in Blaine. If you just want to be all about Blaine, you can have that local celebrity... (laughs) everything like everyone if you are willing just to give yourself to Blaine you will be huge in Blaine nowhere else but huge in Blaine okay so I think it kind of works they kind of work together and I just I love being you know, I bring up it. waiting I for Guffman yeah. <laughs> I fucking love that movie I'll go okay okay I'm gonna go with Dark City cause shit's shifty and there's well, a lean guy that's hot yeah. despite having massive bags under his eyes believe it or not that was one of the ones I was gonna go with awesome <laughs> choice that's, that's a great choice <laughs> Scene. Oh, it's so good. And the city this name is in the title, too, so points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's still when Jennifer Connelly was fun to watch. Uh, yeah. Oh, burn. <laughs> kind of a burn. It's kind of a compliment. I'm going to go with the last movie that really did a good job of, uh, well, it, I'm sure it wasn't the last movie, but another movie in my mind that does a great job of showcasing L.A., Pulp Fiction. There we go. There yep. you go. It gives it a, like that weird perspective, that little twist, and you don't really... Uh, you go all over LA. You're not, you know, still stuck dirty. In one place. A lot of amoral absolutely. characters. Yep, and uh, heightened it, characters. Everyone's heightened. Absolutely, yeah. and yeah. it shows what what LA can do to uh, a person from a, you know, from various walks of life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so bringing our episode to a close. Uh, next week we have a movie that is, at least in my opinion, kind of divisive. Uh, we have Big Hero 6 coming up. Mm-hmm. A lot of people loved the shit out of Big Hero 6. And then people me. like me went, eh. I'm kind of in so, the same camp as Brian, so yeah. we're going to need to get some de- it defense It was pretty. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be a fun one to talk about. And then after that, we're moving into our Halloween month, which I'm still not going to tell you what it's going to be. But it will be fun. We have something planned. So was I with the worst Your confidence breakdown? gives me strength. What? Have I been the worst breakdown? No. Uh, Absolutely no, not. No, Far no. from it. Yeah. 
Cody did the worst. Oh, really? Uh, the last week, right? He no, made it through one scene? Yeah, he made it through one <laughs> scene. Grant, you made it through a character description, but your character description yeah. is still better than his one scene. Okay, which you got, you got Cody break down? Well, you have to listen to the podcast. You'll have to go back. You have to well, listen to every well, episode of the podcast. You, <laughs> the, the, worst last part, the worst part is, is I, I kind of figured you guys were going to make me do that. So I had it in my head, and it just went... Was it the camera that threw yeah. you off? Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. even know that. I was just like, uh, I, I, I hit it kind of out of view. Yeah. But yeah. it helps we know if the, that the movie Paul is, falls under pressure. It helps in your case <laughs> that the movie was about the character. Well, so the character speaking, description yes, is yes, also yes. Like, oh, That's true. Yeah. 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 Which is why Cody still did the worst ever. His insult was, you did the worst ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So with that, thank you to everybody for being on. You're and welcome. Yes, this was so much fun. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.